who publicly spat on a U.S. Treasury Department letter that forbade him to play chess in Yugoslavia? How is that a question? I mean, it is. A, what do you mean? How is that a question? It's all a Trivial Pursuit card. I don't understand the question. It's asking a who, like who did this? But but the chain of events still confused me. It's a letter. So Look, man, spat on a letter. We are a trivia podcast now, so <laughs> you're gonna have to get used to this, dude, because this is just is what it's gonna be for 2021. Okay, give me the question one more time. I got this. Who publicly spat on a U.S. Treasury Department letter that forbade him to play chess in Yugoslavia? That's a country. FYI, that no longer exists, but it did. Uh, what's the name of the woman in the Queen's Gambit? <laughs> you know, I watched that. If it's not Bobby Fischer, then I have no fucking It idea. is Bobby Fischer! Oh! oh Jerome yeah. gets the piece! Wow. Okay, wow, sweet. Wow, wow. So now we just gotta do this for like another 45 minutes, and then we got an episode. Yeah, whatever. We're back off from break, and uh, we're not a Trivial Pursuit podcast. Unfortunately. We're just, we're just, I shot that one down. That was Jerome's idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, to, to go on and talk about things of intelligence and... Uh, once you change your philosophy, you change your thought pattern. Once you change your thought pattern, you change your, your attitude. Once you change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. And then you go on into some action. Hello, we are back. It's 2021. And this is the podcast, Everyone Sucks Here, and I am one of your hosts, my name is Brian. And my name is Jerome. Hey. You can't be. Which one is it? No, no. Which one was I doing? I was doing Borat. (laughs) I was was doing Borat. Oh, okay. All right. Then five. Uh, So, hey, man. How you been? What's, uh, what's, what we, what we've been off for like five weeks, I think? No way. Four weeks, maybe? It's It's been, it's been kind of long. It's been, it's felt so good. Yeah. It's felt so good. Also, actually, no, uh, I felt quite useless lately. Yeah. Not having a job, uh, not doing any like public work or anything like that or whatever leaves me. Yeah. It's feeling pretty fucking useless. So did you get your STEMI money yet? Just like three days ago, dude. It's like the 24th (laughs) and it was sent out on the 6th and I just got it. Yeah. I haven't gotten mine yet either. Oh shit. Okay. Well then uh, maybe that's not so bad or whatever, but I mean, well, I mean, now they're saying some of us might have to wait as long as April. Yo, that's fucked. Do they yeah. understand? Like, since I've, I've had I've had a cute little savings this whole time, or whatever. But it's been like I've had to actually start dipping into it. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, does the government know that people are broke, broke? Like, some people don't even have this cute little savings that I have. You know, frankly, I don't think they give a damn. I don't think it. I don't think it's even on their mind. At all, mm. um, you know, only in certain cases, like if they're one of like their billionaire millionaire donors. But hey, whatever. Uh, that's what we're here for, right? We're back for another year of uh, bitching about everything in this stupid, stupid place that we. Well, all I forgot live. that I signed up for this podcast. You to did do that. I mean, yeah. I do love to complain. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but now I have to like pay attention to complain. Yeah, and I true. can't just do it. Without getting checked. But we did a little behind the scenes organizing this year. We're going to be a little bit more we formulaic about you and I. We did. We talked oh. about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. scheduling of the interviews, mm-hmm. like interview episodes, fun episodes, chew episodes, oh. informal, you know, informational episodes. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe sure. episodes a little bit heavier on the communism. Maybe episodes a little bit light on the communism. Right, right. Uh, and we'll this one, yeah, this one is just a current events guy. Okay. Cool. Let's get into it. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we're living under a Trump dictatorship because he launched a successful coup that took over the government and made him God Emperor for life of America. 
damn. Yeah. It, nothing feels Did you not different. realize that? Nothing feels different. Yeah. So. It's weird how mm-hmm. that kind of just like came and went and glossed over. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, psych. The, That's a um, joke. These are political jokes, Yeah, it's y'all. a political joke. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, no. Words have meaning, guys. Mm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a coup is a certain thing. So we could talk about, I guess, one six, right? The liberal nine eleven. You keep calling it one six, Capital like it's a thing. Yeah. You're trying to make, you're trying to make fetch happen. And like every time you say one six, I'm like, what's he talking about? Stop trying to make one six happen. It's not going to happen. I am not the only person to use the term just by the date. Really? Yeah. We're calling it that though. Y- yeah. Doesn't have the same like. Punch as 9-11. What, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same punch. It doesn't. But I think, you know, because 9-11 is also the 9-1-1. It just already had that kind of brand recognition. Anyway, no, oh. 1-6, I've been calling, <laughs> I've been calling, I guess, the MAGA push. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter have been calling it a coup, mm. which... Isn't incorrect. I mean, it was an insurrection. It was a mob. It was a riot. Mm. And I'm sure those are uh, those are not all like synonymous. Mm-mm. What makes a successful coup? Well, according to some smart historians and sociologists, uh, a coup, in order for it to be successful, has to set up an alternative provisional government somewhere in the country. And also, that government has to exist for at least seven days. And they got what, like an hour? They didn't yeah, they got they got an hour. The provisional government was never set up because Trump did not storm the Capitol with them. He went home to watch it from his television and mm. like probably while drinking Diet Coke for the mm. last time with mm. his little magic button that he had. Aww. Yeah. Just spamming it and like... Filling his pants with Diet Cokes on the way out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like loading up Melania's purse with it. He's just like, get, get to the helicopter. Get going, go. Uh, yeah, so like the this this contingent of angry MAGA people, uh, like, yes, certainly probably some white supremacists in there. Definitely a lot of the QAnon weirdos of all different factions and variety were in there as well. Mm-hmm. Also some other weird contingents that I really didn't expect to see. Tibetan nationalists and uh, people who were finally recalling the Republic of South Vietnam which is a country that doesn't exist as well as like Hong Kong nationalists like a bunch of weird like old ex-colonial projects that people were like kind of attaching to the MAGA mission which was strange they were also there why, I, why didn't I hear about those in the mainstream press that wasn't the lead that was just a, like a little minor detail uh, that I noticed uh, doing my own research on the event that, mm-hmm. you know that was I felt was underreported but some people did do some reporting about it obviously because I know about it sure 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 yeah so that was strange but they got into the capital from what looks like was a very lackadaisical security enforcement mm-hmm. at the cops, right? What looks like. I, I mean, they, they like, right? yeah, they, certainly in some instances, it definitely was. It was that footage of the cop, like, opening the gate. I mean, I don't know. Did you watch any of the footage? Like, what did you see? I saw I saw that, but I also, like, uh, heard things like people saying, like, oh, these were tactics for when you're, like, you know you're going to be overwhelmed, and so you just, like, yeah. sort of let people in, and you try to guide them or whatever. And this isn't even talking about the black dude that was guiding people away. I saw, like, a white cop move the gates yeah. and, like, let people in or whatever. And whether that's true for or not, like, I don't know, old optimist, <laughs> if I can be called an optimist, me wants to believe it. It's just yeah. like, mm, he probably did let him in, not because, like, there's homies, but he was just like, yo, open the floodgates, we'll, like, secure the next part now. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely you saw that with, like, the barricades that were being formed inside, like, the actual, like, gallery hall itself with the desks and shit. Another thing that was, like, a little underreported, and I'm kind of, like, wondering why on this, um, because it was definitely, like, shown around, like, certain, like, right-wing media sectors, but in other parts of that protest, the cops were wailing on the MAGA crowds just as hard as they wail on anybody else. Mm. Like, batons, mace, rubber bullets, all that good shit. There was definitely this sort of, like, element that got into the actual building that looked like it was being facilitated by the cops right until they shot that QAnon lady <laughs> and just bodied her like right there. Wow. Uh, that was when everything got a little real 
And, you know, everybody was like politely escorted out and they were like, okay, you good. Your cosplay coup is over, right? Go home. Like just as soon as that, like as soon as the person got shortly shot? thereafter. Yeah. Wow. It I didn't take, it didn't take much time after that for everything to just be kind of, I guess I've never looked at the official timeline to see exactly what happened because in my head she was shot and then things still happened for like hours afterwards and stuff. Yeah. But I want to emphasize that like this event, if Trump did have any sort of like loyalists left in the actual institutions of the government, they were all gone after that. We talked about this in the last pod. Like, William Barr, the attorney general, had already retired. That's, like, a big ally for Trump because he was, like, the head of the Department of Justice. All of the courts, uh, up to the Supreme Court with all those new right-wing justices that Trump had put on there, had shot down his appeals to overturn the election. They lost the runoff Senate race in Georgia. Things are not going well for this guy. Even after this riot happened, I think the dude that he installed in the Department of Homeland Security, who, if I'm remembering correctly, is literally named something dumb like Chad Smith, he even resigned. And, like, that guy was a Trumper. That was the one installment on Trump's part that even kind of made me go, what the fuck is he trying there? Hmm. Um, because, like, that dude was loyal to Trump and, like, he was now in charge of the Department of Homeland Security, which is basically like a paramilitary, like, kind of police force. I remember uh, being curious now. I remember during the summer when I was at Portland, got yeah. that, like, little yeah, autonomous yeah. zone or whatever, and I was just like, yo, this is tight. Actually, even the one person let them in. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. as this one. What's the difference? Like, why were we on the side of that but then for this we're just like yo you guys can't take over a building is it just because it's the capital what do you mean by they were on their side like the people general observing from like our kind of milieu correct yeah Yeah. well i don't know necessarily that if like a lot of people looked at that event and were like um oh yeah this is like a total violation because this is such a holy like sacred place like it's the capital of our great nation like how dare they or like if it was just like two different kind of goals right the most serious people that attended that shit in the capital i mean they were there because they in their own deluded kind of way they legitimately thought that they were going to overthrow the government Mm -hmm. uh like they were going to get to mike pence they were going to either force him at gunpoint to like reverse the election there and like you know even if all of that succeeded right that doesn't automatically make the military turn over to the control of the guy in the Viking hat. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's not how that shit works, but like they didn't succeed in doing that anyway. And Mm -hmm. then, then they were escorted off the property very quickly. And then Trump probably what I would imagine, like a bunch of real men in black looking motherfuckers walked into his office and were like, you need to get on video right now and like tell all these people to go home. Hmm. Uh, Cause you, I don't know if you saw that video that he, that he posted. It was like, I love you. You guys are all very beautiful people, but you, right. need, you just need to go home. You have to go home now. We have to have peace. That to me, that sounded to me like Trump scared. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, I I don't know. When people were frightened that like, the president's going to do something crazy or whatever, that's always what I kind of imagine. Like, yes, you're the president ever, but there is this like shadow government or somebody who's around who if if it came down to it, they'll be like, yeah, secure this guy. He's like, he's not in charge anymore. Yeah, the dude was right when he kept saying that there's a deep state that exists. Like there are... There's- who's the dude? Trump. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Remember oh. all of this shit? Like the deep state, the deep state. Deep state radicals. There is a lobbied, long-term, institutionalized presence. Like, in, like in, the skulls? Like from that movie? I mean, like, I don't, like you Philippine? don't even have to get all that kind of crazy about it. It's just, We're just talking like career politicians, career people in the Pentagon, like Joint Chiefs of Staff motherfuckers, hmm. like who have maintained continuity in government to, you know, one certain extent for like the last like 
I don't know, ever. So sure, sure. they're not they're not just going to let Donnie Trump take it over. Just like everything else this guy plans in life. Mm-hmm. Like his coup was half-assed, <laughs> unorganized, and had like little to no support other than his like psychotic base. So to really call it a coup, I'll give, I mean, I know people were like messaging you just like, <laughs> ha ha ha, <laughs> like, wait, this hasn't aged well. Uh, <laughs> you know, That's but like, and even to give, like to give them their due right like i'll even say like sure if if it means if we're going from like the literal french translation of coup d'etat which is like a strike against the state you could call that a blow against mm-hmm. the state fine mm-hmm. uh you could call it a coup attempt because i'm sure a couple like dummies in that crowd legitimately thought that they were going to do that but there was a lot of people who also just stayed the fuck on the lawn <laughs> and went home like like immediately after they realized how crazy that shit was getting mm. so like i don't know if it was a coup, it was like probably the saddest coup attempt in all human history. I think the real win for that event was the incoming administration, Biden, and like kind of the establishment as a whole. Hmm. Yeah. So Trump did this thing, got a bunch of people riled up, pissed off, sent them to the Capitol to, you know, basically go nowhere. But it was happening as like the U.S. government was partaking in sort of like one of its most sacred symbolic things, which is the transition of power. Sure. And Trump embarrassed us on the world stage orchestrating this chaos oh yeah oh, i kind of love it <laughs> yeah and so That's like great so like the capitalist class they punished them for it deutsche bank trump's largest money lender was yeah. like yo hey actually you owe us a lot of bills here so we're gonna be like closing down on some of your properties pga tour all of their tournament events that they were gonna be holding on trump properties like yeah. for the next couple of years nope not anymore the way that he talks the Damn, dude. this is uh this is once again big toxic Gemini energy. Yeah. Uh Kanye West has famously <laughs> said, as soon as they like you, make them unlike you. Well, I mean certain, like, uh, yeah, Trump's been on that cycle for a very, very long time. Yeah, I guess. he's he's flips on everybody. Yeah. It's wow, now it's is is this enough of a comeuppance? Like is he gonna this feel is, feel? Yeah, this is pretty bad. Like I'm he's he's probably scrambling. It might be enough to get him to just shut up forever. But mm. I don't know if his ego will let that happen. We said this before. Like he's not gonna go away even after he loses the election. Mm. Like he's gonna still maintain some sort of presence in the American like zeitgeist, even if it's just as a martyr almost. I keep seeing like all these polls saying how much of like the Republican base were fine with what happened. Is that True or yeah, is that I mean, skewed? I mean, it might be skewed. Polls in this country should never be taken too too seriously because they're really only talking about like sample polls, which is like a thousand people, okay. right? And is that like is that like the minimum requirement for a sample poll? Like I think a thousand people. Yeah, I think so. That's whack. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> higher like data, but usually like thousand people, right? Sure. But it's not indicative of what the whole population thinks. There are probably people who legitimately think that the election was stolen. That like you know the Biden crime family did it again. And that, like, Donald Trump is being, like, irrationally persecuted by the state. They're wrong. <laughs> you know, they're they're wrong. They probably won't get over that anytime soon. The system will find a way to kind of mediate that, I think. And it'll all depend on how much pressure that they can apply to Donnie to sort of, like, get him to bend the knee and just sort of, like, accept his role. And then maybe, like, you know, give it, like, two, three years. They'll, they'll try to rehabilitate him like they did with W. Bush. Hmm. I don't know. I like. I don't want to predict the future, but what I do, I do want to say that Biden is already making a lot of political hay out of this event. Hmm. You know, they're talking about like a Patriot Act too. Let's. Oh, we didn't like the first Patriot Act, right? <laughs> no, nah, we we don't. I mean, yeah, we don't. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think you like the original Patriot Act, or you probably just. I mean, I don't do crimes anymore, so, like, do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry for all you criminals Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for all you criminals. Um, but, yeah, like, this is, like, Patriot Act 2 focused specifically on, like, domestic 
things like using this kind of like um you know this uh maga push as like a justification for it and a lot of people were like kind of clamping at the bit for it because they were like yeah get them you know like i mean and i understand that to a certain extent what do you mean clamping at the bit yeah get them are you talking about people turning over people to the fbi or yeah like- talking about the people turning people over to the fbi or like cheering on this sort of like uh, expansion of the surveillance state because they think it's going to be directed at people that they don't like mm. the truth is like any increase in the surveillance state of like the capital class this is going to be directed against like maybe these new groups of like magadoos too but it's also going to be directed against the same old people it's always directed against which is mm. you know like people of color indigenous and like communists and shit mm. people, and you you said we've already been seeing evidence of it yeah i mean like twitter and big tech is like stepping up and taking on this new sort of role as like a extrajudicial censor i guess a prime now after years of saying we can't do that for sure, for sure right that. isn't that fucking strange right but yeah they took a stance finally now in, in like the final hour i guess when like i said trump was out there embarrassing us in front of the eyes of the world and like pulled his accounts so and he's like perm banned and shit and everybody like kind of like cheered for it and then other more, more like non-reactive people were just like, that's kind of weird, even if we don't like Trump. I don't really like Trump. I'm not even going to go like the typical edgelord take and like defend his legacy as a great shit poster on Twitter. It's like, no, nah, oh, yeah, that's boring. Yeah, I don't think that dude was ever fucking funny. Like, I don't really give shit. But I do think it's kind of weird that a private company was able to like censor the president. To me, that's like, who's behind the curtain on this shit, right? I mean, hey, look, okay, well, mm, I don't know. So... The fact that we gave Twitter enough legitimacy, you know, ever for like the president to get an account on there and then for him to gain legitimacy through there. Like we created it. We created it and made it that important. And so when their president says that, hey, no matter what, like I've still got number one control over this shit. I can kick anybody out of my yard. Go home. You you can't play here anymore. That's it. Are you talking about Twitter? Yeah. Twitter telling you don't think that's strange? No, not really. You came to my yard to play and you can't play anymore. Yeah. Why? But like you just said, like literally two minutes ago, why now? Like out of after four years or like even before no, that. I get, yeah, yeah, for sure. I get that it's strange now. Yeah. I know that it's because he was benefiting from it before. Yeah. And now it looks bad for him or whatever. But I just also, I don't know. I don't see it so bad with it's his platform. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Like they, they definitely took away his biggest mic. Right. Uh, so sure. But like you're saying, who else they come for? Right. So they went after Donnie, they took down that. And then next thing you know, like a bunch of neo-Nazi sites and like uh, QAnon accounts are being purged from Twitter. And like, again, who cares? Like, no big deal. Like, those ideas probably shouldn't have been allowed on the platform in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, if we're going to get into that route. But then next thing you know, the apparatus starts getting redirected towards like the familiar targets. Like, it didn't take long. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy right now, but he's, a, I think, a minister of science, maybe, in, in the Pakistani government. Mm-hmm. But he's notorious on Twitter for defending um, the Chinese government in Xinjiang with the, the Uyghur situation, which is, like, the counter-narrative to the dominant narrative from, like, the Washington press and, like, the Western, and Western media in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they pulled that account. Gone. Gone. And mm-hmm. then, like, two days ago, maybe uh, a bunch of Antifa-related accounts. Um, one, I think, with maybe as many as, like, 71,000 followers. Got and this pulled. is before they even introduced any kind of Patriot Act. Yeah, this is just, like, Twitter doing it doing it on its own, sort of. Like, because um, those, those bills have been talked about or, like, thrown around. But, I mean, nothing official has, has gone forth. They're mm-hmm. still working, I think, on impeaching the now ex-president, which is also kind of weird. Hmm. Again... 
people who were eagerly cheering that on, like I said, clamping at the bit for this kind of like justice. To me, it reminded me of that little giddy feeling you used to feel as a kid whenever you used to watch like your your siblings get in trouble and get like spanked. Uh, I have to say that it was so few and far between because <laughs> I, was, I was always the one getting in trouble. Yeah. And my brother being a nice person that he was, like after a certain age, he stopped laughing. When he was a kid, he laughed all the time. Right. After a certain age, he, you know, he just wasn't around for it. So it was just always me. But yeah. I get, I you get know, what yeah. you're talking yeah. about. It's yeah. like that, haha, it's not happening to me mm-hmm. uh, sort of attitude. And mm-hmm. like that is, um, well, I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a big problem in the United States because it's an attitude that exists on all sides. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You asked me how what my feelings were on the day of le coup attempt, yes. and uh, I said <laughs> le coup de Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, I was experiencing unbridled black joy. Yeah, like which frankly I get. Yeah, I understand that, and I also understand the other side of the coin, the the rage that a lot of like my black friends felt like watching this shit and be like, why aren't they getting shot? If that was us, like we would be met with like lethal force already, and mm-hmm. I'm I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's one hundred percent true. Right, even like. Culturally speaking, the crowd that gathered on the White House, like to do that coup, mm-hmm. right? They don't even they don't really represent a threat to the overall nature of the United States in general. It's um, the friend that's too loud in the group. You know what I mean? Okay, so like, what? It, uh, mm. Like, you're, you're, they're all there for the same shit. Sure, but like, what if they started like having more small attacks, like in their cities? We just started seeing more violent demonstrations within our city. Oh, yeah, that could possibly happen. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about, like, how the cops, like, sort of, like, knew about this mm. in advance for mm-hmm. so long, which they did. They're the, making the, fucking t-shirts. Yeah, right? they're making fucking t-shirts. It was all over the goddamn internet. Like, you know, they do this kind of infiltration surveillance work with, like, leftist movements all the time. Right. So to think that they're not capable of doing it with right-wing movements is, is just dumb, okay. right? So then the question becomes, like, why were they able to get so far? Like, why were they able to get inside the building? Mm. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people are like... Yeah, the cops, like, just let them in because they're in on it. Like, it was a real cool attempt, like, pointing at that, like, conspiracy brain kind of, like, down. And, like, I don't really know all the details. Like, conspiracy brain, the great thing about that is, like, you can't really ever prove those guys wrong. Okay. Right? Because they just believe what they want to believe, and they'll all come up with some sort of, like... You also have conspiracy brain, though. I do? Yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but, you know... Maybe this is my delusion then, because I, I like to think that I can support my conspiracies uh, sure. because I back it up with the science of dialectical materialism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Keep the, let's keep moving forward in time and seeing who's right. You yeah, know? yeah, right. I mean, like so far, my predictions have been pretty good. Anyway, I think Occam's Razor. There probably were some cops and you know national guards in that bunch that were sympathetic sure. to this group. Sure. You know what else? I just want to mention this. I felt it was weird. But did you see the footage when they got inside and they were all still obeying the, and the, the velvet going rope. between the velvet, <laughs> the velvet rope thing? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like these are servile bootlicking people, yeah. and like even in their act of insurrection, they're still kind of like following the rules like right. i saw footage later like i you know because i was really like combing through like a lot of like the the footage that people that were there yeah. shot and like you know got online and stuff i saw footage of one maga coup guy like getting up on the windows outside of the capitol building and start smashing them yeah and then the other maga's like turning on him and like pulling him down and like up you know clapping when the cops came to like bash them up in zip time and what? arrest them. for why because what? they have they, you know they love authority like they love it like so even when it's being exacted upon like against them when they see it against something that they personally disagree with they're like yeah 
yeah, beat them up, beat them up. It's just so that's that that becomes a difference between the the t- different types of people who are inside the building because like somebody who's probably a school teacher who's like in his sixties who went in there who's yeah. going between the velvet ropes yeah. is just like yeah we yeah, did it yeah, yeah. but then like the twenty three year old who's up on the wall smashing shit exactly yeah and like I think you maybe you've seen the picture of like the, the weird looking grandma that made it in oh, there oh sure sure sure, right. sure 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 I don't know what, if that meme has a name but she's you know everybody knows I mean, she just looks like an she old looks chicken. like she looks like the grandma from Hey Arnold. <laughs> July, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's one on one end of the spectrum, and then like the crazy dude with like the the bull horns was like, and like he's another. He's somewhere else. Uh, And then, (laughs) but I'm I'm talking about his own dimension. Yeah, I'm talking about the dudes who dressed up like uh, Metal Gear Solid characters and Uh, had like the zip ties and shit like all around them. Like they're on another end of the spectrum, Mm. right? Uh, So like, sort of what you're talking about with the guy smashing the window. Reminds me of the Pittsburgh thing right, with, right. The, with the the little, kid, the anarchist kid, uh-huh. and everybody's just like, "You did this bad thing, and like we're gonna turn you in." Like, here's a picture. Here's a picture. Share this around. Uh, yeah, and I remember getting mad at a lot of people I know mm-hmm. uh, for that shit. And and this is not even to say right that I agreed with what that kid did, sure, uh, or that I even agreed with what the fucking people. On, on uh, in the I keep calling it one six and you hate it. So I I'm hate trying it to like so resist much. it. Uh, so the people, in, what do you want to call it? The siege. Mm, it's got to be like specific. The uh, coup de Trump <laughs> <laughs> inauguration ruin. But it wasn't something? the inauguration. It was the day. Be- oh, they had no. Like- it was way oh. before. The inauguration wow. was on the twentieth. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do one six for now, and I'll try to commit it to memory. I hate it though. Yeah, I can, dude. If you <laughs> audience, dear audience, if you could see the face that he is making right now, he really hates it. I don't want to call it that. Mm. So the mag attack. No, the mag- that, that's too powerful. For yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a, one of their like uh, advanced level like Pokemon moves, like something <laughs> something that you learn when you hit like level fifty. It has to be centered around Bullhorn guy. He's like the Bullhorn most visual, <laughs> you know, uh, somebody's last stand. The or, raid, the the raid, yeah. oh, the great raid. The, no, no, it's not great. The maga, the the great again raid, the, the maga raid. Something about twenty twenty, like uh, the twenty twenty, the stop the steal, stop the steal, the stop the steal coup. No, I'll t- stop stop. Stop the Steel Riot. Yes. Yeah. Fine with that. Stop the Steel Riot. Okay, go. Okay. So it's not even like I agree with uh, the Stop the Steel Riot, mm-hmm. right? But above all that, you know, I disagree with the cops. Like, I don't want to help the cops out. I don't want to help the cops out in any kind of capacity. When you see that shit, when the cops are out there, like, dealing what they were dealing with on the Stop the Steel Riot, right? Yeah. Like, your thoughts would be like, all right, well, like, they're busy. <laughs> Like, what, what can I do now? Counter-protests didn't, like, spontaneously emerge. Like, people were really ready to just sort of, like, um, they had their, like, faith in the state, like, restored. Hmm. Because okay. the state was now beating up on their political opponents. And that seems good to them. Are you talking about people in our camp? Yeah, our people. Side? some people in our camp. Like, the general kind of, like, left-leaning center of the country. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh. So, is, like, is, it, is it possible to, like, forgive people for having, like... First thought, then second thought. So first thought is like, fuck yeah, get him. Second thought is just like, oh yeah, yes. wait, maybe not. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like, I think that's where I was. Like, I, ha- I always have to be reminded. This is... It's gonna sound like so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I said this the other day, or whatever. But I always forget that I hate the cops. I swear to God. Yeah. I'll, I I just do. I just my brain isn't looking to like be on the defense all the time and to be to be scared and angry or whatever. So like I'll just leave the house and yeah. whatever thing is whatever and stuff. And when I see cops, most of the time it doesn't feel like hatred. It feels like let me make sure I'm doing the right thing so that I'm not being like harassed or targeted and i know that that's just as bad of a feeling but like it feels different than like seeing them and seeing flames and stuff yeah like that, yeah you know? yeah 
Yeah. And like, I shouldn't have to walk around and feel like, shit, am I doing anything wrong? Whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe that's the job of the cops to make you feel that way, right? I, yeah. So I, I certainly understand that. And when you have to encounter like criminal elements, right? Like things that are actually like dangerous to you and like your society, you want to have some sense that there's like some sort of protective force to like mm-hmm. keep that chaos at bay. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Cause like, I'm not an anarchist, right? Like I'm, I'm a Marxist Leninist communist. So like, I'm not about like no cops sure. like ever. Right. Sure. In theory, if, if my communist party, like had a successful revolution, right? Like I would want cops to protect that revolution. Mm-hmm. Right. Until we got to the point where like, we no longer needed a class society mm. and like, you know, we could totally abolish the state and the cops and the military. Right. Mm. But until then you need something to sort of like defend your new socialist state. Well, you get it. But I am unequivocally against cops in the capitalist system because any advantage that they get is just tighter control over the maintenance of the capitalist system. Sure. You see what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Like, so like when you're, when you're against the cops, like in this system here, like you're against them no matter what, like at all, all costs, even if you don't agree with the people that they're, they're whomping on. Sure, like, sure, 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 sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. See what I'm okay. saying? Mm, yeah. 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 It's not really fun, you know? And, <clears throat> Here, yes. Yes. Thank you for, for bringing up fun because that's yeah. exactly what it is when, <laughs> when you're on the internet and like you're trying to get your jokes off and you're like laughing and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and people with their fucking smug things just like wait in the wings being like, eh, I can't believe everybody is just going to act like we like cops all again or whatever. And that's, that's true. That's what I mean of like the one thought, second thought or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the snarky people who see the idiots doing their dance should, and you did this a little bit or whatever, you were just like, Biden won, cool, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time yeah, to do your thing like, before I start doing take, my shit. Take your moment. And that's what fucking snarky, intelligent people need to do. You got to rein that shit in. Yeah. I mean, and, not and everyone like, is, hey, you know, as evolved as me. Right, right. right. Well, uh, <laughs> that's why we're on this podcast to yeah, let people right. know. Yeah, snarky assholes. Like, yeah. just chill with it, right? You don't, you don't need to be fucking right every second, every time. You can like, you can let the moment land. You know, but the flip side of that is have, have a little understanding and compassion for the people who, you know, their first thought is not their best one. Right? Mm-hmm. But like there was, pe- I mean, there were people that acted on that shit and then like really legitimately like fucking dropped the dime to the FBI on some people. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. This is an example that you and I argued with when we, last time we had a little, like our little meeting sessions for these pods about that, the girl who, who dropped the dime on her parents. Right. Right, right, right. And you gave a bunch of context that mm-hmm. I didn't know originally that the parents had actually kicked this person out mm-hmm. uh, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't even, I don't you know, it's not really safe to say because I don't know if this girl was ever identified as like a police abolitionist mm-hmm. at all, right? So, you know, those kind of standards aren't, aren't you know, available to her. But still, like, I don't know, dro- dropping a dime, like calling the feds on your own parents, uh, Kind of ruthless. I thought, thought, oh boy, gosh, did I think about that? Well, okay, so I I will say a few things. I did think about it at first, and I was like, yeah, I'd fucking do it. Then, second thought, I don't know, I was kind of like actually thinking about my family, whatever, and I'm thinking about like my black ass skin and all that stuff, whatever. I'm just like, hmm. I don't know if I'd turn them in or whatever, but I certainly wouldn't like give you safe harbor. Exactly. Uh, and I and think then, I think that's a happy medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> it was happening on Tinder or no 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 Bumble. Mm-hmm. Women were switching their political affiliation to Republican and then getting the guys to like brag about the <gasps> shit and then turning them in through there. So then Bumble got rid of the political feature <gasps> on their site, like period. Dude, that I mean that's like some serious <laughs> fucking like FBI sting shit. Yeah. Like yeah. damn, that's crazy. Yeah, actually now that you mention it, I saw something floating around on the internet 
where it was like clearly a photoshopped like statement from the White House, mm. right? Where they were like, President Trump is considering pardoning all of those who like attended the Stop the oh, Steal riot. You know? I, I saw that for half a second. Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. Scrolled past. <laughs> and, like, it's like if you if you like were there, like mail your name, like your address, and like a uh, account of oh, what you were doing. I didn't think about that. Oh, <laughs> that's that, what they were telling oh. people to do. And like Trump will pardon you. And like I don't know if the FBI Ooh. was really responsible for that or if it was just like a troll. But wow. what an obvious like bam like fucking sting and i'm sure some people fell for it because like crazy some people believe that trump was really out there to have their back some people like, yeah some people are fully ready to go to court being yeah. like my president told me to yeah. do this and so i was just following orders not, i'm just following yeah. orders right so here's what i'm gonna say about like with abolitionists who took this sort of like turn and mm. even if they were just doing it sort of reactively because they were finally happy to see sure. like these fucking white supremacist chuds getting knocked on by the police for once right yeah and be you know and a lot of it was motivated by the hey we fucking told you like we've been telling you all summer that this is what they do and now you're fucking experiencing it so like welcome to our world bitches Mm. and like I totally fucking understand that too but I will say this and this is my public service announcement for this fucking podcast right bro if you identify as an abolitionist you cannot be a snitch and an abolitionist at the same time point period blank all right that's not how that fucking works (laughs) so like I don't give a shit no no no. Okay. No. Okay. That's yeah. that's hot tea yeah. being served, you know. Yeah, and that's gonna that's gonna like segue us into our little socialist lesson part of this episode, this new episode for 2021. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the idea of unity of thought. Mm. Right. Yeah. And before we get to that, we're gonna play a clip of a guy who's a lot smarter than me. Oh, okay. That. Wait. What do you want to say? Oh, we're um, gonna play a clip of Queen Latifah singing unity. You all right. We'll work that into the podcast somehow. <laughs> but we, what we're really gonna do is play a clip of a, a guy named Kwame Ture, who's gonna explain this in a much more eloquent way than I will in the next like 15 minutes. We have unity of action. We lack <laughs> unity of thought. It's because we lack unity of thought that our unity of action is so spontaneous. We jump up and sit down. We jump up and sit down. We must come to qualify our action. We must come to get unity of thought. This unity of action is powerful, and it comes from mobilization. A young student came to me the other day and said, Oh, Brother Kwame Ture, I sure wish I was around the 60s. I said, Why? I never want to go back in history. I want to go forward. And what lies before me is far greater and brighter than what lay before me in the 60s. He said, well, you know, in the 60s, we were so united. I said, were we? He said, yeah. I told him, no, we were not. He said, we were not. I said, no, we were not. Well, Sajifo Kwame and Krumah says, unity presupposes organization. If you have no organization, you can't be united. Unity is not a feeling. I imagine when the clan comes up here and you're, 30 or, you're three or four days when you're real hot, everybody say, hey, brother, what's happening? Hey, sister, what's happening? Yeah, get down, brother, sister. You think you got unity. Unity is not a feeling. Unity is not an emotion. Unity is a means of channeling the energies of the people towards given objectives within principles. In the 1960s, we had no organizations. We had mobilization. You must not get confused between mobilization and organization. The confusion can be compounded if one doesn't study properly Dr. King and doesn't know him. Dr. King was one of the greatest mobilizers this century has ever seen, but he never organized. He was not an organizer. And for him, he didn't need organizing. After all, Dr. King was a reformist. When you're a reformist, all you need to do is to put pressure on the people to tell them to do right. Because all Dr. King saw as his job was to put pressure on the American government to show them that they should live up to the Constitution. That was his task. When you want power, 
you organize. Because you don't want to put influence, you want to seize power for yourself and do for yourself what you put in pressure for the others to do for you. Because Dr. King never thought of organization. Of course, when you mobilize, everybody can be against the same thing. When you organize, everybody must be for the same thing. You mustn't think everybody being against the same thing means that everybody is for the same thing. That's where the confusion arises. The nationalist struggle, the struggle for independence in Africa, is indicative here. It's instructive. All Africans, all Africans wanted the colonial system out. They wanted it destroyed. But some Africans, like Mobutu, wanted the white man out to take his place so they continue exploiting Africans. Some Africans, like Lumumba, wanted to destroy the colonial system so they can set up an equitable system for all Africans. Just because everybody's against the same thing doesn't mean everybody's for the same thing. When the Klan comes here, every African student will be against the Klan. We say even the Uncle Tom. But just because everybody's against the Klan together doesn't mean that everybody's for the same thing. And unity doesn't represent what you're against. It represents what you are for. Consequently, when one speaks of unity, one must speak of organization. No people, no people can be free. No people will ever be free unless they are consciously organized. And he talks about the idea of um, unity of thought, right? And, and like he expressed, it's very hard for people to be for the same thing, but it's easy for them to be against the same thing. Okay. And like, like he was saying, there's a difference between organization and mobilization and that what we have in the United States most frequently is mobilization, which is spontaneous action. We see something, we get mad at it all at the same time, and then we're out in the streets mm. ready to do it. Mm. And then it loses energy, winds down. The call to spontaneous action is, you know, long gone. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. everybody just kind of cools down and goes back to their business. Yes. Right. Organization is something different. Organization is getting people on the same page to be for the same things. And when you're for the same things, that's when you work towards the same goals as a unified front. And then, like you said in that clip, unity is not a feeling, right? Unity is a condition. Like it's a condition that the people are in when they're ready to fight together for the same goals under united principles, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess one of the things that we want to talk about is uh, in relation to the last, our last point, right? With like, you can't be an abolitionist if... You snitch. Yeah. Is unity of thought and why it lacks in the American left. So this is this is our punchy moment uh, for leftists, right? Because this is what's the name of the podcast? Everyone sucks here. That's right. So we got some we got some smoke for inconsistent leftists, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What do you observe? Like, what do you have been kind of on the periphery of like a lot of different movements all summer and all mm -hmm. fall. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your observations about those movements? Like, what do you think about them? Everything ends up having infighting at some point and then they all fall apart. Right. And that's just sort of like a layman's observation of it, right? Sure. <laughs> like, like, you're just kind of like watching the tea unfold just from a sort of removed distance. I mean, I know I didn't like holding up uh, signs per se, but when I did, it gave me a, an, like an excuse to just side eye and make faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, what the fuck? Yeah, when you're on banners, duty uh you get a lot of opportunity to just kind of like look around and survey the scene yeah yeah it's very true yeah in fact uh i saw people wanting to work together and nobody really <clears throat> knowing what to do and i know that uh <laughs> everything seemed best when <laughs> when when well educated and 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 knowledgeable people were speaking and in charge and stuff yeah. as opposed to just 
like um, angry people, visceral feelings. Yes, 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 yeah. Like there was a lot more uh, cohesion among the groups when the topics of I've been calling them testimonials, right? Because mm-hmm. we'd stop at like intersections and yeah. then everybody would speak for a little bit. Uh, so at those kind of testimonial periods, when someone would get up and like. I don't know, link everyone to a common struggle yes. uh, or like give everyone some sort of like personal stake in like changing the system and therefore improving their lives too. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that got the most responses. Like those are the ones that sort of like energized the people. Those are the ones that, uh, you know, got people ready to come out probably next week. Right? right. Right. And then there was the other side of it, which is just like anger. Like you are not doing enough. Like you are different than I am. Like mm-hmm. somehow something is not according to my own standards. So therefore it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a fine opinion to have. I wouldn't necessarily call it a great strategy for like mobilizations. And it's especially unhelpful if you're trying to do shit in an organization. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because organization is not spontaneous. Right. By nature. It's contradictory. It's the opposite. Sure. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Organization is planning. Organization is preparation. It's not something that just happens on a snap. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you have to sort of like work with people to achieve organization. Mm-hmm. That requires getting everybody on the same page, and it requires dialogue, and it requires tough dialogue at sometimes too. We have to get to a point where we can agree on something. Right now, we have this like kind of status in, in the United States where like people who are angry. And, like, I've been calling these types of people antis, right? Because they're just, they know what they're against. Like, they know they don't like white supremacy. Some of them might know they don't like capitalism. They all seem to know they don't like the police. Like, they all know that they don't like, I don't know, war, right? Sure, sure, sure. General shit. They know that they're against it, but they don't know what they're for because they don't know how to change it. I I mean, when you say they don't know what they're for, they're for, like vague ideals sort of yeah. vague uh, sort of some, directions sometimes like vague abstractions or maybe sometimes one person has like a plan that mm. in their own head makes sense yeah. but when they tell it to other people they're like wait you're like missing some shit or like you're leaving some stuff out sure. the more the communication starts to break down yes. and like the less people are and then there, yeah and then there's a tendency among like American leftists to just immediately as soon as there's that point of departure like that, that disagreement then they'll just disavow it entirely mm. and just like we reject you completely like they're bad like everybody be warned like can't organize with them like all that kind of shit sure those kind of like schisms those kind of like constant fracturing and infighting I mean all it does is it's a time suck it takes everybody's heart out of it. It ruins, um, you know, that sort of like solidarity that you have, that you gain by being out in the streets together, right? Sure, yeah. And we've said this before too, like patience and understanding with people, right? Mm. Like to understand that people are going to make mistakes and that they're not confident yet in some like, you know, or as developed ideologically as you and that you can't just like cast them out for making a making a goof or making, doing something taboo or some shit like that. I mean, right. It sort of goes back to like cancel culture and all that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like this desire to um, excommunicate people from the, from the social circle. Sort of like you become you're your own cop. Like, and that's an expression that we've used before too. It's like you got to kill the cop in your own head. Like you got to stop policing the environments that you are in. If we're all here to work together, right, on shit, then we all have to work together on shit there's gatekeeping shit in leftist institutions too and I mean, this is this, oh, yeah. this, you know this is coming most commonly from like know-it-all white marxists who gatekeep about a lot of this shit and then there's like another like rad lib sort of like reactionary kind of tendency to like gatekeep against class analysis big common divide is like what comes first like what are the contradictions that are need to be addressed the most and a lot of people say it's racism and a lot of people say it's class class right. thing right and it's like 
you got to kind of like maybe reconcile with the fact that it's not it's not an either or scenario. It's an and scenario, mm, right? Like it's, we don't it, we don't think about and enough we don't think about as a society. Enough. Period. Yeah. yeah. Period. It's, yeah. it's usually this or that. My not way. a lot of people are willing to accept, even in their own lives, question this stuff. This person did this to me, so I did that. This yep. person did this to me, and I did that. Yep. So that and means, I guess I didn't have to do that. That's just what I chose to do. Right, and it also implies that they're connected and, you know, that sort of dialectical link of cause and effect. Right, right. right. It's like, it's an and thing, because I did this, and then that happened. Not even and then, and that happened. Right. You know, that's something that people have kind of got to, like, reconcile with if, we, if we're going to actually develop the organizational base required to change a system like the United States. So when we're looking at the U.S. criminal system, which is clearly a punitive system, right? They're out to punish people. Right. It's not about like getting people back on their feet or like you know making sure that like both sides are really seen. Like when you're found guilty, mm-hmm. it's punishment. So we have plenty of criticisms for that, right? Like the system doesn't include nuance. Like the system is arbitrarily cruel or it applies justice unfairly across like racial or class divides, which is all fucking true. Yeah. So why would we try to reproduce that style? of justice in our own communities where we're trying to organize against that Jeez, style of justice, geez, right? Yeah. So, like, what benefit does it have to immediately, like, cast somebody out just because a rumor is propagated? Like, So now we have to, like, the friend zone, we have to now create this zone of, like, the timeout zone. Yeah. You know? Yes. Instead of canceling somebody, being like, like cool, pause. he's officially, this is the Twitter account where we put people in the timeout zone. Yeah. And, like, after this, they're, they're back out. Yeah. And like, whatever. Or like when you're organizing with someone, if if you think someone did something like sus or like inappropriate or wrong, it's not so much about like character assassination and get everybody in your community to sort of like drive this person out. Mm-hmm. It is like you said, it's about putting them in pause, right? And being like, yo, we heard some like sketchy shit about you. We're going to look into it. Mm-hmm. And like, we're going to try to figure out like what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you like gather the facts and make, you know, you know, do your research and do your due diligence and you get statements about like the state of mind, like the frame and you kind of try to factor that all in. Yeah. And then even then when you go to like exact that justice, like it's not about punishing people. It's about doing the right thing for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if the person made a mistake and like there are certain requirements that like the victim of that mistake needs, you know, to like feel better, like that person should be willing to meet it. It's like a constant negotiation, right? And, <clears throat> and, and I mean, just for the sake of like argument, the, the victim is like, absolutely, I won't accept anything less than like this person's head on a spike. What do you do with that? I don't know. Uh, that I mean, like head on a spike, like literally, like they want them to die. It would have to Some be people a, people say that. I don't know if they know what it's like to yeah. like see somebody die or whatever. But yeah, like, like it would have to be a pretty egregious crime to sure. want like someone to be that like serious. But like, yeah, absolutely. I think circumstances can emerge where like a person could be so far gone, ir- so far gone, so committed to the wrong ideas, sure. like sure, that sure, they sure. are literally just your enemy. Like that's that's a reality. In the Stop the Steal riot, there were people there that cannot be redeemed. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They cannot be reached. They are committed fascist cadre, mm-hmm. and they want to see the realization of a white ethnostate. And uh, as an abolitionist, the, yeah. what do you say to that? Oh, I mean, as an abolitionist, also more importantly, as someone who uses like dialectics to inform their worldview and understand reality, right? Mm-hmm. Dialectically, I understand that those people, like committed fascist cadre, are my enemy. Mm-hmm. They're, they're ideologically dedicated to an idea that is incompatible with mine mm-hmm. and incompatible with the peaceful existence of a lot of people, right? But dialectically, I know that 
the grandma from Hey Arnold was also in that crowd. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that, you know, she's not personally willing to see the next Holocaust. Sure. You know, like that's not something that she's going to sign up for. Right. So what do we treat that person the same as we treat the Metal Gear Solid zip tie guy? Do we treat them the right. same? Right. Does that right. make sense? You you and I were even uh, talking about, this goes back to the, the first person that was shot, the one that shot in the window. At first I was very much just like, yeah, she gets capped, you know, like, you chose to go through this thing or whatever, but then you talked me through this. You were like, was she armed? Uh, besides, I don't know. Like, you, yeah, I'll spit my point like, sure, for that. Sure, she, sure. Like, was she armed? No, she wasn't armed. She was breaking a glass mm-hmm. that was like in a door. At this point right now, we're still, we're discussing like people over property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this yeah, point, yeah. you know, the property becomes in damage or in danger. Yeah, right. Or, or even more than the people over property thing. I mean, that's certainly a component to it, right? But it's more like the cop feels entitled to use deadly force like whenever Mm -hmm. they want Mm -hmm. right that's the problem is that cops feel this entitlement to use deadly force on members of the of the american populace whenever they want to right if that standard of like hey that person's doing something i don't like i'm just gonna fucking shoot them like Mm -hmm. didn't exist in american culture that cop could have maybe looked at that situation and be like this person is not armed. She's not aiming a weapon at me. Mm-hmm. She's attempting to break through a window pane on a door that's like three by two feet to gain entry to the hallway that I'm trying to defend. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to like crawl through that awkwardly over a ramshackle barricade that I've constructed of decks and chairs mm-hmm. where me and my colleagues could easily just grab her by the collar, mm-hmm. pull her out that window, pin her down on the ground and zip tie her. Sure. That hole, that entry point is not going to get any bigger. Like the whole mob can't storm through that broken window. That's not going to happen. They were not going to get overrun. Mm-hmm. But instead that cop made a judgment call. It's like, I think I can disperse this crowd if I just kill this lady. And I mean, they were right. Cause mm-hmm. like shortly after that lady got shot, everything petered out. Jeez. So it's now for like, sake of argument, what if she had bombs on her and she was getting in to get to blow up the bombs? Well, I mean, if she had bombs on her and she was like going in to blow up the Capitol, I don't know. That's a tough one for me because like at the same, like, I, like I don't, I don't like the American government and I do want to see it destroyed. So blowing up the Capitol is kind of a win, <laughs> right? But even though the wrong people doing it, <laughs> like it is kind of a loss. So it's like a, it's like a net zero for me. <laughs> you know, like that, that's just like a, oh, interesting. And then no comment, you know, yeah, okay. I don't know. Cause like, I certainly not, would not have been sad like, but 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 what we're coming back to is uh unity, of, unity thought. of thought right yeah yeah so i mean like overall to get people together on the same page mm-hmm. to get that sort of unity of thought that's required to have a successful radical movement you know that requires restorative justice dialectical understanding of things mm. uh talking to people like working together to come to a consensus damn so you and biden agree that we got to unify huh no 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 why not because Old Joe Biden is talking about unifying with fascist elements Mm. to defend an already hyper-exploitative and racist system in, you know, neoliberal capitalist America. The goal still is unity, right? Yeah, but unity for around (laughs) what? For the wrong things. Like, you can't... Unity around the wrong things is bad. Like, I don't Ah. want everybody to be have unity of thought in, like, the next, you know, Ah. the cleansing of the world. Okay. Like, but, I mean, we can acknowledge that it... That's required for the success of those kind of things too right sure right the more like right-wing psychopaths are on the same page the easier it is to do those fucking horrible ass things right Mm. so that's again another point to drive home because the imperative on is on the left to get 
unified. So we have to Voltron before they. Yes, we have to get to our Gundam before the other people Mm -hmm. get to their Gundam. Mm -hmm. And I want to, and I do want to emphasize this for folks: they're closer, they're more unified than we are. Mm. Like Trump people, MAGA people, like. They might have different reactions. Like I, I brought this, you know, the story about the window breaking and then the people turning on them immediately. Yeah, those might exist too. But for the most part, they're mostly unified in this idea that they want Trump to be their forever president, right? And they're willing to, to ride or die for him. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, they showed up to do it. That's a thing that we got to reconcile with, especially if they're going to like really coalesce around him as this sort of exile figure. I don't know what that's going to be like. I mean, I guess we're going to talk about it together, like on the podcast. Of course, we're going through history together. Yeah, we're going through history together. So yeah. I don't really know what the post presidency. Trump career looks like, how visible he's going to be, how loud he's going to be. I'm willing to bet that he's going to quiet down for a little bit because everybody's putting all this pressure on his money. But that's not, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be right. Mm. Like, that's just my, that's just my theory. Like Trump, he just wants to fucking eat cheeseburgers and retire in Mar-a-Lago probably after all this fucking mess. And if Deutsche Bank is going to take that property away from him, he might feel a certain kind of way about it. The one thing I think Trump cares about more than like his own personal brand and looking like a winner is his fucking money. So like wow. if they threaten that, I think he'll toe the line. That's my theory at least. I could be wrong. Yeah. What what is there to gain if you have if all of your shit is being taken yeah. away just to what? Still keep your pride? Yeah. For, no, just just be quiet and just be like, Yeah, I still think everything I think just over here yeah. quietly with my money. Yeah, because he's not he's not you know, Trump's not a real organizer. Like he's not he's not trying to b- truly build a better world. He just wants people to adulate him and like tell him he's the fucking greatest. It's Gemini shit. It's real Gemini <laughs> shit. Wow. He wants people to do work and just give him. Yeah, yeah. He even called, he, he you called no me plan. out. Yeah. No, you called me out on, on this over the summer. You yeah. were just like, you just kind of like uh, like to ride on the backs of your friends and uh, still get success off that. And I'm like, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, honestly. that's essentially what Trump, what Trump did. He took like, he took a successful reality TV show and um, a Twitter career as like the birther guy and like rode that into the presidency. Damn, just fueled with some spite from yeah. Obama and the, the, all, yeah. the, all those dinners and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, the White House Correspondence Center. Not to end the episode talking about Trump, we'll drift back to No, because we're going to talk yeah. about Biden next time. Yeah, we are going to talk about Biden next time uh, and we'll, we'll try to circle back to unity of thought to leave on a positive message. Oh, yeah. But one thing I do want to add now that we're back on Donnie Deals, I think it's weird that they're like erasing him from Home Alone 2. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's so that's so extra. It's such a it's, it's such a, a white lib thing. To, to okay, do. so like <laughs> this is when I when I would see like people on Fox News talking about we get he's on his way out. Is it really? Do you need to impeach him? That's a little bit extra, don't you think? Like yeah. it's petty for them yeah. saying yeah, that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This feels a little petty, right? I mean, like the impeaching thing. Even though it's kind of like don't we have? I mean, my opinion on that is don't we have like more important shit to deal with? Sure. Like the fucking coronavirus pandemic. That's yeah. not over it's not over fyi even though vaccines exist what do you mean now. uh restaurants are open yeah it seems yeah. like it's over bro fine whatever but like yeah now that we're gonna waste all this capital but they if, if you get impeached you can't ever run again so like that's probably the ultimate goal sure, for, that, sure, sure. for that move so like sure fine whatever but yeah the home alone shit is just fucking dumb and petty and like pulling the apprentice off like uh streaming services and stuff like that just like I erasing mean, this man's media but, existence yes, but that's how you but that's how you get him to shut up you you fucking you just keep <laughs> they're just I like know, punching man. so down but i can think you punch it, down on him though yeah you can't really punch down on him he's the president but like i do think i, I think it's more weird on a historical note because uh, that's how he got elected he was this fucking sure. media savvy like shit business guy that just like rode a wave of popularity to the highest office in the land. There's a lesson to be learned from that. 
but we can't learn it if they erase all the evidence of it. That's what they want. They don't want another no, monster to yeah. be able to follow the formula and, and do the thing. But it, but it will just happen. Like, yeah. whether or not, if they don't have the blueprint for Trump, what's more fucking useful for us is to have all of that still mm-hmm. and to be like remember this guy that we all fucking hated intensely so for like four of, years instead of a class called how to get away with murder it's how to prevent yes uh, a fascist to, yes exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. right yeah like again like you should restorative not punitive right, you know right, right. taking out this information so that future generations of people can't like look at the evidence and be like oh i'm noticing a similar trend here with the next quasi-fascist fucking tv personality because that's how we build algorithms to watch people yeah. to fight but you don't like algorithms no so. i'm not into that <laughs> but anyway unity of thought yeah. everybody get your shit together talk to each other build on common goals around common principles Principles. Like, oh. if you guys are all for fucking police abolition, there are, you know, many different tactics that can all fucking go towards that goal. And you guys can all coordinate together if you decide that you are all for police abolition. It doesn't have to be just like, you want to do it a different way, so I'm not fucking with you. You want to do it a different way than me, so I'm not fucking with you. Like, oh. no, you're never going to get done the minute we try to, like, you know, coalesce into the big enough force that's needed. Yeah. If we just immediately splinter apart and immediately mm. splinter apart. And unity of thought and that organization means that we don't just wait around for another person of color to be murdered by the police that we don't just wait around for the next atrocity or grievance against the state to just emerge and then we all get angry and hot at the same time Mm -hmm. like when you're organized and you're watching history unfold like that's how you stop reacting and start anticipating problems Mm -hmm. and that's how you deal with shit Oh, wow. Like, I'm imagining, like, a little binder that's, that's yeah. just like, oh, this happened. He opened a binder, flipped to, like, this page, and it's just like, this is what we do because we're organized. Yep. Or, like, yeah, and, like, oh, we got mass evictions coming on this apartment complex? Boom. We're, like, we're ready for that. We already have a fucking plan in place. We're going to be there to block the entrance of the chef and, like, all this kind of shit. Organize. Our, Organize Our, our speakers people. are already ready with the, with, yeah. with the dialogue yep. ready necessarily. We and, got the banners going. We know mm-hmm. how to get these tenants on the same page. Like, that's organization, and that's what the people need to take, overcome this shit. Take that, anarchist. Take that, anarchist. You guys all want to do your own shit. We're going to talk about you later. <laughs> we will. I'll love you guys, but you're frustrating as hell sometimes. Anyway, all right, that's it. So that's this it. is it. The first episode for Everyone Sucks Here. Yeah, 2021. 2021, baby. It's not so bad, right? I don't, it's hard to tell. No, no, I'm asking the audience. Oh, I'm asking yeah. you. I mean, you mean, are you talking about the episode of the year? The episode. Oh, the episode was pretty good. Yeah, I think so. I feel it was all right. Right. I mean, we are like coming back off a of, of break. Whatever, as long as we got the learning point in there, I think. We did. I think we got the learning point in there. And like, uh, I'll find some more cool clips for Ryan to just like sprinkle in there and we'll sound extra smart. Sweet. Hell yeah. All right, we'll see you next time whenever that is. Yeah, so uh, my name is Brian. Oh, and I am Jerome. Thank you. And this has been Everyone Talks Here. Peace. Later.